Let's eat together uh, John 3.16. That's a great one. I know you may think, oh, I know that one. Uh, Eat it. And you'll find out what we're talking about as far as divine life. We're talking about divine life. I don't have much time, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, In getting to know the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus not only taught on, but He delivered to us the Holy Spirit. That's why we have those signs out there about introducing the Holy Spirit. The church, the body of Christ, needs to be very familiar with the person of the Holy Spirit. We know God the Father, okay, got a good picture. God the Son, okay, got it. God the Holy Spirit is every bit as much God. And so getting to know Him, we've been going through these and we're currently on the Spirit of life. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there's now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk, not after the dictates of the flesh, but the dictates of the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life. There it is. So the Holy Spirit has these nicknames, you know, Spirit of truth and Spirit of holiness and the anointing. And this one is the Spirit of life. That's in Christ Jesus. The law of our new being has set us free from the law of sin and death. <clears throat> Brian and I were talking about Sunday night that he, he said, I've never heard it said that, uh, you know, I used to, I used to rejoice all the time. I'm not under law. I'm not under law. I've, you know, when I got a revelation of righteousness through Christ and grace that it was gifted to me, it wasn't based on my performance. He said, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, you know, I used to be under this law, but I was free of that. But actually, I am living under a law. And it's the law of the Spirit, of life in Christ Jesus. That's the law I'm under. What law is that? The law of a person, God Himself, in me, governing me. Did you get it? That's the gospel right there. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have an internal governor. You know, like your governor on your four-wheeler so your six-year-old doesn't go 500 miles an hour? You got a governor on that thing. Well, (laughs) Aaron's like, let him go. He'll be fine. (laughs) We had a kid yesterday. He's like 14, 13 years old. There's all these guys around him, and he stops and says, hey, there's no women here at the men's stakeout. We've got 300 guys out there at the men's stakeout. And, you know, we're shooting skeet, we're riding bulls. I rode the bull for 10 seconds. <clears throat> it was a mechanical bull, and he was going slow. And I used both hands, which is cheating. But I didn't die. That's good. Anyway, this kid, he says, he says, there's no women here. And I, yeah, it's a men's stakeout. He said, well, I know why there's no women here, because they'd never let us do the things this stupid. <laughs> I mean, we got a guy driving around on a four-wheeler, spinning people, you know, 100 miles an hour, like throwing knives, hatchets. <laughs> Do you have insurance on all that? Because he, he's in the insurance business. But <clears throat> I don't know how I got on that. Anyway, uh, the spirit of life. Yeah, governor, governor. So I, I've got the life of Christ in me, and it's an inward law. If you, if you Bible hub the word law here in Romans 8, 2, that law, there is external law. And we, you know, we're under this outward conformity, but now we've been transformed. We've been lifed. And just like, uh, the Holy Spirit conceived Christ inside Mary's womb. In the same way, the Holy Spirit has conceived Christ inside of you. In your spirit womb. And, and you've been lifed. Everybody say, I've been lifed. And so now you're under the law of good behavior. 
You're under the law of righteousness. You think I'm kidding? Look at Romans 6.18. Having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You used to have a bent towards sin. Now your bent is towards righteousness. And so you do a big piece of stupid, as we like to say, then the Holy Spirit in there knocks on the door of your heart. Does that, does that make sense to you? It's not coming from without. He's active. When you, I remember telling a young person one time, he was so devastated. He had messed up with his girlfriend and he came to see me and he was just devastated. I said, the fact that you're distraught over your missteps this weekend is proof that God's at work in you. Man, He hasn't left you. He's with you and He's now challenging you. Hey, let's get up. Let's keep going. I said, because if you weren't born again, you'd be bragging about it in the locker room. And he's like, wow, okay, so Christ is in me. Yeah, that's, that's how you know it's wrong. Amen. So uh, we're living under the law of good behavior. I love that. The life of Christ is at work in us. Here's another great one. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and the life's in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I was telling the young people the other day, don't invite your friends to give their life to Jesus. They don't have a life. None of us have life apart from Christ. Christ is life as far as Zoe life. We have a natural bios life, biography type of natural life. But if you want life that's eternal, life that lasts, that that never fades out, well, that comes from God. And whoever has the Son has that Zoe life. And then we looked at this one, Ephesians 2, 4, God rich in His mercy. Uh, in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which He loved us. Do you, I mean, get a hold of that. He's got a great, wonderful, and intense love that He loves you with. Even when we were dead by our own shortcomings and trespasses, He made us alive. That's how you got saved. You were dead and now you're alive. You, you didn't give God your life. He gave you His. He made you alive together, everybody say together, <clears throat> in fellowship and in union with Christ. You're one with Christ. That's, you're, you're the body of Christ now. He's not in the carpenter suit. He's in you. So he's got you know an accounting suit and he's got a plumber suit and he's got a whatever else jobs are out there, maintenance man, whatever it is. That's the suit he wears now. Look at what he says here. Paul says he made us alive together in fellowship and union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. Guys, that's what it means to be born again. All this stuff about, well, okay, let me believe this. and i got to act right. You want to get into heaven when you pass from this life? The entrance requirement is life. The life of the Son. That's the requirement. He gave us the very life of Christ Himself, the same new life with which He quickened Him. And for it is by grace that you're saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Remember I asked the, one of our young people last week, how do, how do we get saved again? And she said, grace. And I said, okay, grace is unmerited favor, but, and it's God leaning into you that allowed you to get something. What did you get? She said, I got life. I got life from God. So I saw her again up at the church this week because she volunteers up here and she nailed it. She said, how do we get saved? What happens to us? We get life. Does that make sense to you? He who has the Son 
has life. And see, this is who we are. We are, we're carriers of the life of Christ. I mean, the, there should be evidence like the, the, the pregnant woman when, when uh, her husband's seed is conceived in her womb. You know, a few months go by, you start noticing life is in there. Well, you've been, you've been conceived. You've had the word of God, 1 Peter 1, 23, conceived in you. You've been born again. By the incorruptible seed, the word of, the word of God. Amen. And then one more, Romans 5.10, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, we'll be saved by His life. Saved by His life. You remember the soap opera, One Life to Live? You've only got one life to live, and it's Christ. That's why you're unoffendable. Only the old you would be offended. And we, we buried that sucker. Right? A water baptism, you go under the water. That's symbolic that that's the old you. And who came up out of the water? Christ in you. Christ in you came up out of the water. That's the new you. First Corinthians 6.17 says that you're one spirit with Him. Boy, that's powerful. Listen, it's going to be hard to live Christ's life every day if you're not willing to accept the fact that the old you is dead. I'm going to help you. Start here. The old me, the upset, easily offendable me is dead. You can, you, you're empowered so much more to live Christ's life towards other people if you understand that the old you has really died. Have you seen by revelation your own personal death on that cross? Romans 6 and Galatians 2.20 both talk about that we were crucified with Christ. Dwayne Sheriff, who's my pastor and wonderful man of God, changed his whole life. I think it was 1981. He had an open vision of the cross. Jesus is up there dying and he saw himself in Christ being put to death. But then he saw Christ raised and he saw Dwayne in Christ being raised, but it was a different Dwayne. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have been made new. Dwayne saw his new self in Christ. Okay, when we figure out that the old us has died, we'll start living the Christ life more effectively. Seeing our own death delivers us from self-centeredness, self-protection. There's nothing left to protect. The old me is gone. All all that's uh, here now is Christ in me and through me. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, If one died for all, then we all died. Why is religion so hard? Because we're still trying to pretty up the old man. We try to put some Sunday school on him. Let's get some tithing on him. Let's get some good behavior on him. Kill him. Reckon him dead. And the only life, again, one life to live is Christ. Colossians 3.3 says you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Amen. Isn't that good news? That's wonderful news. It's empowering. 
All right, look at this, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting, Everlasting life or eternal life. Again, it's a quality of life. It's zoe in the Greek. Verse 17, for God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Deep theological question for you. Who does God love? According to this this verse 16. The world. The world. There's a self-righteous spirit at work in our country. And it's not just the world. The world has it. Believe me. But some of the body of Christ have fallen for it. A very self-righteous spirit. That we're better than all those worldly people and it's allowed the love, the radical intense love that God has for the world to grow cold in the church. We can't allow that. Amen. Lord, let our eyes be open because we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's why, you know, that's why we pray you come here. We want to equip you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And he's not giving up on the world. For God so loved the world. I mean, this is not deep theology, guys. He loves the world. And He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes Him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. 2 Peter 3, 9. God doesn't desire that any would perish but all would come to repentance. And then He didn't send Jesus here to condemn the world but that the world through Him might be saved. If He didn't send Jesus here to condemn the world, He sure enough didn't send you to condemn it. Amen. Come on. That'll preach, won't it? Do you see that? It, your purse rejected it, and it went right over there. So what happens? You try to put trash in your wife's purse. So if he didn't send Jesus here to condemn the world, maybe we're not here to condemn the world either. But maybe through the life of the Son that's in us, the world might be saved. Now I also know that the world, or, or sorry, we can't save anybody. We can't make someone get born again. So our role is to sow and to water the seed. We're sowing and we're watering seed. And sometimes, I mean, don't sit there and say, well, I don't, I don't sow into that person because they're not good soil. Well, the sower, he sowed into it. <laughs> the sower went out to sow. He sowed it on wayside and stony ground. And <laughs> Amen. God's passionate about the lost, guys. And it, when you eat the word... Or sorry, when you Bible hub the word eternal, it says, when it's talking about eternal life, not talking about future life, but God's very life present in the believer in the present tense. That, that's authentic Christianity. It's not trying hard to be good. It's receiving life you had not possessed before. And then allowing that life not to be hidden or put under a bushel, but to come forth so people could see Him. The whole plan, read Ephesians, the whole plan from the very beginning was that you'd be adopted as His sons and that people, when they see us, that they could see the Father. He'd fill the earth with His glory and His radiance. Amen, somebody? So He's not talking about just some ticket to heaven here. We just hold on until we're dead. No, we got life. We got life. And you know, while I put, I put this in my notes because I mean it from my heart. 
Why the Bible is clear that homosexuality is wrong. Homosexuality is a sin. And, and I say that one because it comes up a lot because in our culture there's all this debate all the time. But I never want my heart towards someone who's struggling with homosexuality or maybe they're bragging about it, I don't know. But I never want my heart to be, to be wrong. I always want my heart to be the love of Christ to whoever's in the world. Whatever they're stuck in. I want my heart to be right. And I really believe that any church or Christ follower that has no desire to see worldly people get born again, you need to go sit in John 3.16 with the Holy Spirit. You need to spend time with the Lord and say, Lord, give me the revelation of how much you love the world. Fair enough? Yeah, amen. Because if your reading of Scripture does not increase your love for humanity, you're reading it wrong. <laughs> God put the life of His Son in you to do what He did, and that's share it. And you know, when people get mad at you or circumstances cut you or the enemy, you know, lays into you, you should bleed life. Let's bleed life. Let's bleed Christ. Yeah, when you get squeezed, bleed life. Not offense. Not how dare you. Not murmuring and complaining. Not griping. But if we get cut, let's bleed, let's bleed Christ. Let's bleed life. Cause He's in us. Amen. Second Corinthians 5, I won't read it to you, but it's verse 18 through 21 says that We are His reconcilers. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation to go after the world. He gave us that ministry. So let's take up the assignment with zeal. Amen. Let's go after the lost. And, and you know, we pray over these names, but, man, make sure you're not praying prayers you're not willing to put your own action behind. (laughs) He may ask you to sow some seed, you know, uh, into the person you're praying for. But we need His compassion. One of the things I love about Christ is every citizen in the kingdom of heaven, in Christ's kingdom, is an ambassador to bring other people into the kingdom. Matthew thirteen thirty eight. Jesus said, The good seed that's being sown into the world are the sons of the kingdom. He's sowing you into the world. He's sowing you. And man, I get it. The, you know, I, if Jesus decided to come tomorrow, I mean, I'm on board. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Jesus, come quickly. But man, at the same time, I don't want an escapist mentality. I'm not like, well, I'm through with the world and they do whatever. I want to be able to be in the world, the light of the world, but not of the world. Yeah. Super good. A few other things I just want to share. On a practical sense, because we've been talking uh, about evangelism this morning. Next week we can get get further into Christ's life. But John 5, 24 through 26 is where it says that the Father has life in Himself. And then He gave, you know, He allowed the Son to have life within Himself. And then John 10, 10, the Son gave us life. Let's talk about evangelistically speaking. So when you're out and about, I think a real simple one is just ask, ask the Lord... Would you show me your love for this person? And go from there. You know, remember, he's not asking you to go do something. Don't, don't be religious. Right. Be relational. Amen. 
with the Holy Spirit who knows what? The secrets of their heart. He knows everything they're going through. I mean, it makes perfect sense. He knows their situation better than we do. So let's, let's confide in Him. Let's listen to Him. And simply, it's a simple prayer. Lord, would you show me your love for this person? And is there anything, Lord, you want to say to them? Yeah. Now you can quote a hundred scriptures at them if you want. But they might turn tail and run. But if you ask, Lord, is there, is there anything? And because He is there. He's with you. Christ is in you. So it's not crazy to have the thought, Lord, what do you want to say to this person? Can you show me your love for this person? Uh, I also love the one, is there anything I can pray with you about before I go? I think that's good. How about this? As Christ followers, let's agree together that we are not to be mad at worldly people. We are to love them with Christ's love and speak truth to them as the Holy Spirit leads. Because our war is not with flesh and blood, but with the demonic realm. Amen. Come on. All the charismatics said amen, right? We don't war with flesh and blood. Our war is with the demonic realm. So you want to get mad? Get mad at the principalities and powers that lock people into deception. And it shouldn't be that hard because you were there. Amen. Well, what about their behavior, Steve? They're, they're acting sinful. Well, what about it? It's basically the same behavior you had before you got lifed. And here's another thing, and I'm really going to help you here. Even if they quit doing the sin that you don't like... Does that mean all of a sudden they have eternal life? No. So what good, what good is that? <laughs> Secondly, they can't quit sinning until they get lifed. <laughs> so, so what's the answer then? Get them lifed. Life is the only hope they have to overcome sin. So it can't be about just stop sinning. We got to get them to Christ. And then Christ, the governor, goes to work on the inside, begins to deal with them about behavior that's harmful to them. Let's let Christ's compassion and strength within us manifest and lead us out confidently, knowing that every human being was made for a heart connection with God's Spirit. That's something else that will help you. Remember, whoever person you're dealing with, they're made by God for God. And whatever grudges they're in, whatever drug addiction they're in, whatever death they're in, is not good for them. You know something they don't know. So, yeah, and you know someone they don't know. So care about them. Care, pray, let God, let the compassion of Christ well up in your heart. Man, I want to see them free. And if you choose not to be free today, just know my heart for you is for you to be free. And maybe you think what you're doing is A-OK. And, and that's okay for you to think that. Why is that? Because it's by revelation. They can hear you say it's wrong for 26 straight hours. But when the Holy Ghost tells them it's wrong, there's power and grace and love to walk it out. Come on, somebody. Amen. We got to get them to the living voice. Amen. We need to share our success stories with each other. Stephen, you guys go ahead and come. You know, share our success stories with each other. Share our experiences that we've had. 
I encourage you, how many of you, and I want you to be honest, how many of you know in your spirit, man, in your heart, that God has done some amazing things for you? Like He's brought you some freedom in some areas, some, some healing in some areas. <laughs> Write them down. Just pick three of them. And let that be what's you know, in your back pocket as you're discussing with people that don't know Jesus. Because you're an absolute expert on what he did in your heart. Right? You're an expert on it. Well, I don't know about all that, but I can tell you, I had diabetes when I was 42 years old, and the Lord healed me of it. Now, it's not my story. I'm just giving you an example. Okay? But saying, hey, I do know this. The doctor lost his mind because he said there's no way that this could have happened. But that's evidence of Jesus. Like the scripture in Matthew 11 that was read earlier. How do we know you're the one? Well, Jesus does stuff like this. I remember a good friend of ours, Brian Blount, is waiting on hold with AT&T. And he's on there a long time. And he's getting in his flesh. Anybody been on hold with AT&T? It's a nightmare. So he starts praying. And the Holy Spirit says, now when... (laughs) So he made a choice. Man, that's right. I hear you, Lord. Submit unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Who's supposed to do that? We are. You tell God, God, drive out this devil or God, get, get this thing. You do it. We have, we have authority. That's what I was saying earlier. We're, we're often asking Him to do stuff that He gave you authority to do. So if you'll submit to God, resist the devil, He'll flee. Brian did that. Brian, instead of getting in the flesh and griping about how long He's on hold, starts asking the, you know, communing with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says when she comes on, I want you to know she's got severe pain in her right shoulder up through her neck. I just want you to ask her about it. He said, okay. So she comes on finally and He says, now this is gonna, Sound a little strange, but do you have any pain in your shoulder or that goes up the back of your neck on the right side? She about, you know, fell out of her chair. Oh my, yes. How did you know that? He said, well, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower and he told me to tell you he wants to heal you. He loves you and he wants to heal you. And he said, may I pray for you? She said, yes. I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, that's crazy. He prayed for and asked, you know, how's the pain? She said, it's gone. The pain is gone. It's really just being in tune and being available with the one who does know the condition of people's hearts and what their situations are. Just a word of knowledge. That's what that is, 1 Corinthians 12. Will you stand with me? Amen. What a wonderful day this morning. What a wonderful time of worship and just the manifest presence of the Lord. I want to ask this morning, with everybody just looking up right at me, anybody here, you've never been born again. Thank you, brother. You've never been born again. You've never been lifed by Jesus. And you want to be this morning. Anybody, I want to be born again and receive the life of Christ. Because we're all dead men walking till we get lifed. Amen. How many of you want to hear the the voice of the Lord 
hear what he's saying and be more available out and about out there. How many of you want to do that? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, you see our hands. We hear your voice. And we want to just be activated, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for all those that live under condemnation, that they'd be set free of that, Lord, that your authority is not based on them. It's been placed on them. It's not based on their performance. Lord, it's you. You're the authority and you're with them. Never to leave them or forsake them. And Proverbs 28, 1 says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Lord, would you give us a fresh revelation of how right with you we are? Not because of anything we did, but because of what you gifted it, gifted to us. Lord, we receive just a fresh revelation of righteousness because the righteous are bold as a lion. And that, Lord, that we just take this mandate, yellow pumpkin, whatever it is, Lord, to be peculiar, to be Christ's life to other people, Lord, we just take it on. And know that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We love you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said.